मोटमाद पॉडकास्ट The views and opinions expressed by the guests in this show are their own based on their lived experiences of gender-based discrimination and biases. The show does not intend to hurt anyone's feelings. From Motormouth Media, I am Pratik Sharma and this is the New Manifesto. Joining me is my co-host Ashwin Chandrasekhar. This is a show where two men talk about masculinity its negatives and its positives and this week it's masculinity and dating Dating is a beautiful experience and most of us have or will experience it at some point or the other in our lives some like Ashwin experience it once and they are lucky enough to find that special someone and they are sorted for life and some like pratik have been through this cycle a number of times as they say different strokes for different folks while we do believe that dating is an extremely wonderful experience and phase of life there are some who have experienced it at the dark side of dating one that reeks of toxic masculinity and patriarchy and there are many ways in which toxic masculinity manifests itself in such situations for instance women are encouraged to manage men's emotions it also reinforces narrow gender roles the stud and sissy extremes for men and the slut or prude binaries for women are quite common in other situations when things don't go quite as planned some men have displayed a rather disconcerting behavior not handling rejection well it seems to be a big blow to their egos and the thought that they didn't get the girl and the humiliation they'll face in front of their friends makes it all the more difficult for them to deal with it there's a lot more when it comes to dating and masculinity and to understand this dynamic in a deeper way we spoke to someone who spent considerable time in the dating industry my name is puruvi puruvi is a clinical psychologist and she has worked in a very interesting profession for a while i was working with an offline dating company that uh, was basically looking to create like a like-minded community of people who were looking for serious relationships and what exactly was her role basically what my job was i designed entry level interviews so each person who would come to us we would sort of take like three interviews for them get to know about them a little bit our sort of function was that then once you were a member we would set you up on four to five dates a month and you would go meet another member of this community and then you would give feedback on each other and my role at that moment was that uh, we would figure out ways that they could actually work on themselves and better their sort of romantic and dating lives because that was the whole point of this community and what age groups did these men and women belong to what was interesting was that you would have a lot of relatively younger men come to us so in the age bracket of 25 to say 30 and the women were usually between 33 and 37 years of age puruvi says that most of these women who were joining the platform had some prior experience of relationships dating or marriage or even livings men on the other hand didn't really have any their socialization as far as things like talking to women were concerned or approaching a woman or just having a conversation with a woman was very minimal because they wouldn't know how to sort of make that first move or they wouldn't know how to carry a conversation on so it was far easier for them they felt if they had someone who was sitting opposite them who sort of you know was there <laughs> and that's a very interesting point 
lack of experience and lack of confidence became two of the biggest reasons why men came to the platform. So on the one hand, it was basically experienced women. And on the other, you had inexperienced and somewhat underconfident men. And here's where it gets more interesting. These men still had some idea about what kind of women they'd like to meet. And more importantly, what kind of women they did not want to meet. Sexuality is something that masculinity as a construct is extremely afraid of. A lot of men that would come to us did actually display a huge fear when it came to especially women's sexuality. They would want someone who had never been married. So divorced women were an issue. Or if you even managed to broach the topic of, well, what if she has a child? That would just be a complete no-no. They would say things like, oh, but we're okay with it in practice. But in reality, I don't know how well it's going to pan out. So there was already this very clear preconceived notion of what I want from a relationship, who I want to be in a relationship with. I mean, it was interesting, I guess, (laughs) because I don't really know what else to call it. The responses were sort of programmed in a particular way. So it was very like, let me try and be as clear as possible about what I don't want. But I will never outrightly come and say, like, I will never meet a divorced woman. Because that will immediately mean that I'm not gaining access to this program at all. What baffles me is, why do men fear women who are or have been sexually active? Through her work, did Purvi manage to probe into this a little bit more? The demographic of the men who would come to us would be, like like I said, majority of them 25 to 30. All relatively high achievers, all men who had sort of been pushed, pushed, pushed. So academia and then work. So setting yourself up financially, setting yourself up professionally. That was a massive goal of theirs. Now, what has happened is that from the point that you are, say, 16, uh, you've been put into tuitions or whatever. You're doing your engineering, this and that. Not to stereotype also, but (laughs) just saying, you know. And then what has happened is that you do whatever you do and then you just work, work, work. And so you hang out with a particular kind of people who are all like you, all men. So you've never learned how to talk to women, right? Also, all of these men come with very clear patriarchy-based ideas of relationships, what they would like from a woman, etc., etc. So I think for them, having a woman who has experienced more was something that they found extremely scary because that meant that they were not in control. And Puruvi also says, there's a lot of anger in them. Because they see people around them, like they're contemporaries, right? And these guys are in relationships or find it easy to talk to women. So it's not like they're living in a vacuum, right? So they do go out or they do experience whatever they experience and they see things around them. And there there is like a layer of resentment that gets sort of built up over time. After the break, we'll talk about the second and third round of interviews that Puruvi conducted with these men and women. Welcome back to the new manifesto from Motormouth Podcasts. We are Prateek and Ashwin in conversation with Puruvi Baraya. We are talking dating and masculinity. So far, Puruvi told us about the first round of interviews she conducted with prospective users of the offline dating company she used to work with. In subsequent rounds, Puruvi noticed even stronger manifestations of patriarchy and masculinity in the men she interviewed. So one of the questions in the second interview was that, you know, so what do you plan to do after, you say, you get married or, you know, you, you and your partner decide to live together? A lot of the men were very clear about the fact that their parents, the man's parents, would have to stay with them mm. because that's just how it is. 
And then in the third interview, which will be taken after a span of some days, the question was sort of like, okay, so what if your wife's parents decide to stay with you? Or what if you have to stay with your wife's parents? And the kind of vehement responses that we got to it from men who were supposedly open-minded and liberal and, you know, all of that was very interesting because immediately you can see that there is a difference mentally, which actually plays out very clearly in day-to-day life and day-to-day interactions. And this is clearly a problem. In the same situation, men would expect the exact opposite from women. And now, we were very curious to know what kind of feedback did the women and men come back with about their matches and what did Puruvi draw out of it. What I discovered actually was that men did not realise how to strike a balance. We would get consistent feedback from four women basically saying that, oh, you know, he was just so disinterested in me. All he did for that entire one and a half hours was sit there and talk about himself. The other one was the complete polar opposite, which was just that he just kept asking me questions about myself. He didn't tell me anything. And the men in question had a reason for behaving this way. What the men would tell me was, they were like, no, but I wanted to be interested in her. Like, I wanted to get to know her. Or the other sort of reasoning was that, oh, but I just wanted her to get to know me. Either I want her to be interested in me, so I want to tell her my whole life story. (laughs) You know, so obviously then she will be more invested. Hmm. Or Hmm. I want her to know that I'm invested in her. So I will just spend this one and a half hours talking about whatever. Right. And then a lot of them would sort of like throw up their hands metaphorically and say, you know, we can never get it right and we don't know what to do. And I was like, I mean, it's, it's all about finding a balance. And that brings us to the next area of concern. Striking a balance. And Puruvi shared an interesting example of this lack of balance. Two members shared their phone numbers with each other. Now what would happen was that this man would sort of wake up in the morning and send one good morning. Then he would say, have you reached office? And he would say, I hope you're having a good day. Now this woman's in office. Hmm. She's busy. Like she's doing her thing. So please don't sit there and expect that for every, hello, how are you? You will get like a very detailed, like five line response. You probably won't. And then there was the exact opposite kind of behavior. Ghosting. You know, completely vanishing on the women. They would text and then they would ghost on the woman for three days and then they would respond again, which again just speaks of inconsistency, right? So no woman in her right mind will then want to get involved with you. And then sometimes men were rude. Like really rude. There was a date at one restaurant and the woman came and she was about... I think four minutes late and I know this because when she walked in the first thing the other member of the date sort of said to her was he was like oh you're five minutes late and so she takes out her phone looks at him and goes four actually but immediately that's already set the tone for how the rest of the date is going to proceed right and sure enough I mean about 45 minutes into the date she was like I don't want to do this anymore he's completely rude and disinterested and I really don't want to be speaking to him Mm, which is a mm, very like mm. strong reaction So these were all examples of situations where men went wrong, massively. But there have been situations where their behavior was absolutely on point. Because there is a certain conception of gender roles, etc, etc. So very often the man would offer to pay. Actually, one of our members, very sweet fellow, he would always offer to pay. But he would never insist on paying. Actually, he was okay with the other woman paying for him also. Like, you know, so it was a very Mm -hmm. like nice thing. of Oh, sure, if you want to pick up the check, that's fine. And I'll get the next one. Which is also a nice way of ensuring that you get a second date. Right, right, right. right. It's a smart move. (laughs) But when it comes to footing the bill, This seems to be somewhat of a grey area. 
some men who do believe in going Dutch have often experienced that they are expected to be the ones picking the check. And for such situations, Puruvi says, This I think is also important for maybe men to realize that every person is different. And because the dating space is such an unsure, unclear, sort of murky territory anyway that you're navigating through, there's no one formula works for everyone, right? So I would have men sometimes who would come back and say that, oh, you know what, she expected me to pay and how can she do that, etc, etc. Sure. I mean, you don't want that. That's totally fine. But I think what's also important to sort of remember is just like men have been socialized in patriarchy, so have women. If men have certain gender role expectations from men and women, then so do women, right? And for right or wrong, uh, some of these socializations are very real and very strong and they do exist. So I think what you should do in that instance is to have a conversation. And we agree. Having a conversation is extremely important. We'll take a short break here. And when we return, we'll talk more about these conversations that Puravi just mentioned. Welcome back to The New Manifesto with Pratik and Ashwin. Before the break, Puruvi said that having a clear conversation with your potential partner is a good practice, especially to dispel any misunderstandings. I think it's very nice when you feel like the other person is listening. When you have someone who actually listens to you and sort of says, okay, fine, all right, this is where you're coming from. I could disagree with you and that's fine, but I've heard you. And so maybe we can like figure out a middle ground, for example. Like the picking up of the check the next time is one of them. Saying, hey, I'm going to be really busy today because I have like a ton of meetings lined up. So I probably will not be texting you or will not be replying. That's an easy thing to do. It takes two seconds of your time. It's just letting the other person know. Things like that, I think. And come to think of it, this is so basic that you should be doing this on your own anyway. You don't need an expert to come and tell you this. And maybe it's because that's how people have been conditioned to behave, perhaps. Men are taught how to take up space. Uh, Women are taught how to minimize their presence in any space. Excellent point. But Puruvi was also quick to add that these are not true for all men and women. These are broad generalizations. However, something that most men do have in common, right, Uh, which also if you're looking to date someone is a major red flag, at least for me, is if during our first few interactions, suddenly this person is dumping all their emotional load on me. Hmm. Um, This is also actually something that used to happen at the organization where on a first date, suddenly you would have this guy just talking about his ex-girlfriend. There's almost like this unconscious expectation that men have that women will just deal with their emotional burden and carry it and then sort of help them through it. And we're not your mothers, like figure it out on your own, go for therapy, do whatever you want. Just stop. (laughs) Yeah, stop. Or speak to your friends. We feel that these boys clubs are not attuned to having conversations about emotions. They haven't done it in forever. True. And from personal experience, I can say that talking about your emotions in those boys' clubs may make a man come across as weak. Strength, it seems, is a big measure of being a man. And when such a system is internalized by men, they don't really know how to be in charge of their emotions. And emotions, well, everybody has them. And what follows goes something like this. A man goes out on a first date, gets talking to the woman, 
and suddenly starts dumping all his repressed emotions onto the woman because finally he has found someone he expects will hear and understand what he has to say we'll take a break and when we return we'll talk about this dumping of emotions situation a little more Welcome back to the new manifesto with Ashwin and Prateek. Before the break, Purvi was talking about a situation where sometimes some men who are out on a first date tend to discuss their emotions a lot with the women, which sort of becomes like this dumping ground for emotions. And women do find it difficult to stop the men from doing this because they too have internalized the thought that interrupting or stopping a man is not the right thing to do. Why do men do this? Why do they go ahead and dump their emotions onto these women? From a young age, I think the only person hmm. that men can really share their emotions with and do share their emotions with tends to be their mother. Mother. So what happens is that somewhere there's this continuation of this mother figure which they look for in their partners, hmm. which is highly problematic because not all women want to be mothers and they especially don't want to mother their partners. So the question here is Why don't men discuss their emotions with their male friends? Is there something that stops them from doing that? Puruvi says, "Yes, there is." Sometimes when men do try and create a space with their male counterparts, hmm. I think that the kind of reception and reaction that they get is often so negative that that ideas or that thought process is sort of snuffed out before it can even begin or it can even proceed. Let's try and understand this through an example. Let's say a man is upset because of a recent breakup and he talks to his male friends about it. What should ideally happen is that men should listen to him and be empathetic and supportive and try to give him the space to deal with that heartbreak. Instead they end up giving a rather different kind of advice. Like just drink it away or let's just go out and go for a drive and go to i don't know gedi let's do one gedi and listen mm-hmm. to loud music and do things <laughs> that will reestablish your masculinity because feeling hurt or feeling loss is not masculine and we think men need to pay attention to what puruvi just said speak to your male friends and give them the emotional space they deserve that's taking one step towards becoming better A while ago Purvi spoke about how women do not want to be mother figures for their partners. At the same time, there have been instances where men have experienced that women actively take up that position while the man did not want that kind of a dynamic between them. This we feel is also not an ideal position to be in. Clearly there's a miscommunication about expectations from both people involved. What does Purvi feel about how men and the women should navigate such situations? What's important is having a conversation. You find a behavior pattern unacceptable, talk about it, which is also I think something that men tend not to do. So, there you have it, men. Now you know what to do. Communicate clearly. Open up, talk it out, be clear. And talking about situations where men do not communicate clearly is another situation that needs our attention. Handling rejection. It's not uncommon for us to see that when men get rejected by women they tend to behave well weirdly they take it very personally 
but then there's no continuation of that conversation so it's just it's taken personally and then it's used to sort of be like oh well no one wants me no one thinks that i'm good enough for them also you take it on a, to an extremely personal level but you don't do anything about it rejection sometimes is an indication of how you are as a person i think at other times it's also important if you have that conversation to sort of figure that sometimes two people are just incompatible with each other so you could be a lovely person i could love spending time with you but i'm just not attracted to you there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with you per se mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. that i didn't feel what you felt or I, i didn't feel anything you didn't feel anything that's fine that's perfectly all right but mm-hmm. i think once you have that conversation and once that's clear i think it's easier to then either like work on your self or then move on and one key takeaway from this is to build resilience towards rejection the way dating works now with so many apps being available in a day if you're talking to say 10 women eight might reject you and men need to learn how to handle that rejection properly and this extends to other spheres of life too for example jobs let's say you've applied to five places and all five reject you you'll have to learn how to handle it well When it comes to jobs, we still handle it to some extent, but the same is not true for dating. Probability is you're going to seek feedback on either your resume or your LinkedIn profile or your interviewing style because you see this as an avenue that you can work on yourself. Whereas with dating that same sort of logic doesn't seem to carry over and doesn't seem to apply. So the the buck in the conversation sort of stops at the rejection. There is no further conversation after that. And I think it's also because somewhere there's a desire to maintain a certain kind of power equation and to have a certain kind of dynamic in place. And Purvi has a personal experience of someone handling rejection well. And we all can learn a lot from it. I met this one guy and we went out and we went out for coffee or whatever and we had a nice chat, lovely fellow, but there was just no spark that I felt. So later in the evening or whatever, I think I'd sort of communicated this to him where I was like, I really liked meeting you and it was, I had a lovely time, but I just didn't feel like there was a spark. And I mean, I would love to see you again, just as you know that this is a space where I'm coming from. And he was like, absolutely, that's fine. And I would love to be friends and let's make a plan and whatever, 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 which was one of the nicest sort of responses that I have received to something like this. Puruvi said, the place where I'm coming from. And men often do not understand that place. For us, things like safety are very important. For us, that freedom, unless we really, really fight for it, or unless our parents are privileged enough to be able to provide a certain kind of environment for us, or unless we're very, very rebellious, you know, it could be all of those. We have very fixed ideas of safety and how we need to navigate our safety. So this also happens where, you know, you match with someone on one app and you decide to meet up. And very often what will happen is that the guy will be like, oh, you can come over to my house. Or why don't I come over to your house? Without once thinking about the fact that for me, you're an unknown person. just because i know your name doesn't give me any amount of security in how you are as a person so i would prefer to meet in a public place and then as a woman you also watch out for red flags right so the moment some guy is too insistent about you coming to his place or him coming over like there is no space for negotiation you're just like i don't want to talk to you because you don't seem right to me <laughs> like immediately there's a bit of a question mark as to what this person sort of actually is like and that point ladies and gentlemen we can't stress on enough After the break, we'll make some entries in the new manifesto. Stay tuned.
Welcome back. I am Ashwin and with me is Prateek. It's time to justify the name of our show. After each episode, we intend to make some entries into this manifesto we're making. A guidebook of sorts in which we'll summarize our discussions with our guests and this becomes the new manifesto. This is our attempt to document and capture what we learn through our journey and we hope this is useful to everyone listening. So after our discussion with Purvi, this is what is going in the new manifesto today. Rejection in dating is much like rejection for a job. It's an opportunity to seek feedback, reflect and improve. And in some cases, it has very little to do with you. Don't operate in extremes. Find that middle balance. Neither ghosting nor over-dependence help. Dating is a two-way conversation and adjusting our commitment and needs to the expectation of the other is crucial. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Communicate so you understand compatibility, comfort, preferences and more. Ask once, don't insist. As Puruvi says, what may seem like a heartfelt or sweet gesture could actually mean something else for the woman in question. So I'll just give you a small example. I went out with someone. He's about six foot two, well built, all of that. And he sort of dropped me back to near where my house was. The very next day, and this is during the time that I'm writing my thesis, so I really don't have the time now to meet someone every day. Suddenly I get a phone call from this guy at about 10.30 at night. And he is outside my house and he has brought me dinner because he thought that I should eat. From his perspective, it was a very sweet gesture because he is just trying to take care of me. However, he totally forgot that for me, being alone at home and letting like someone who is obviously much bigger and stronger than me into my house when I don't have anyone else at home is not something I'm going to be comfortable with. It's something that is making me very uncomfortable. Make space, do not take space. Find emotional spaces in others. My best friend lives in Australia. And while we do not talk often, when we do, we speak about our emotions and feelings rather than motorcycles and hobbies. And trust me, it helps. And with that thought, it's time to end today's episode. We sincerely hope our conversation today with Purvi helped you as much as it helped us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The New Manifesto from Motormouth Podcasts. This episode was hosted and produced by Ashwin Chandrasekhar. Co-hosted, co-produced, written and mixed by me, Prateek Sharma. Music credits are in the show notes. If you are new here, please consider subscribing. You can listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you in the next episode of The New Manifesto where two men talk about positive masculinity. From Motormouth Podcasts. Motomouth Podcasts.